Alright, what's up guys? It's Analyst, and I'm back. I think it's been how long now? Maybe like a month? So, I apologize for that. Uh, I had to get some stuff figured out. Caught up with Instagram. You know, at the end of the offseason, a lot of stuff you have to do. But I'm back with my new weekly guest, Brian, the fantasy football matchmaker. Thanks for joining me, Brian. Yo, yo, what's going on? Uh, Analyst Nation, a little bit of a, a little hiatus I, I hear you have there with the Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's been a while. Um, Instagram has grown a little bit, and uh, yeah, you know things are going well. But if you guys don't know who Brian is, fantasy football match matchmaker on Instagram, he used to do a podcast um, with uh, another guy. <laughs> the, uh, the the analyst who will remain nameless is that what we're gonna go with? Sure. Yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll say nameless. Um, but <laughs> either way, it, it didn't end well, but he was the bright part of that podcast, and now he's here, and he's happy, and everything is well. So we're going to be going over the matchups today for week three. Um, a lot to take in from the first two weeks, but um, we're really going to buckle down and focus on these matchups, and who better to help me than the matchmaker himself? So Exactly. <laughs> exactly, bro. It works out perfectly. And I mean, I don't know about you. I know your Instagram is exploding right now. Last I seen, you were just uh, flying by 30k. But uh, are all your your followers panicking, ready to trade away their studs for basically a bag of dog treats, or what? See, it, it, it's funny because I've been seeing a lot of stuff about that. A lot of, like, should I trade Mike Evans for Austin Eckler? Should I trade? Um, what's another good one? I'm trying to think. Like, should, should I trade Terry McLaurin for, I think it was like George Kittle or something? Like, I don't know. People are going crazy right now. But, um, yeah. <laughs> fantasy world's on fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. A, a popular one I've been getting lately is, uh, should I drop OJ Howard? <laughs> oh, God. Like, I understand benching him, but dropping him at this point, only two weeks into the season, just isn't really reasonable. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and this is kind of what separates the actual guys who do this for a living and real analysts and, and your average fantasy football listener. Like, we're all calm, cool, and collective. We know it's only week two. We know the guys are eventually going to bounce back. Um, and, and it's just funny to see everybody panicking and, and ready to, to throw away their team for, for a couple quick losses. Exactly. So, hopefully... Um We'll get into some of the matchups today, and just jumping right into it, the first one I want to talk about is the Titans at the Jaguars, Thursday night. Um, at the time of recording this podcast, it is Tuesday. The podcast will be up Thursday morning, so if you guys are listening, this is the game tonight. It's Titans at Jaguars. Jalen Ramsey, as of right now, looking like he's going to play if he's not traded. Uh, no specific word. As of right now, he's planning to play. What do you think of this matchup? I mean, to me, though, I have some notes here, and it really, I have a big big star beside Jalen Ramsey's name because really everything boils down to whether or not he plays. If, if he doesn't play, then I, then I like the Titans to open it up a little bit and get some uh, deep balls down the field. If he does play, then I think we're going to get back into the old boring uh, Tennessee Titans style of gameplay. Yeah, and I, I think no matter what, this is going to be a defensive matchup for sure um i don't expect too much to be generated by the offense maybe if derrick henry can do what he did last year to the jaguars it'll be a little more of a high scoring game but overall um don't have too 
high of expectations. I mean, guys like Corey Davis and A.J. Brown are kind of a crapshoot at this point. A.J. Brown had that first good game. Corey Davis, he's had he had like three targets last week and a couple catches. Um, he's still on the field, but it's just between Delaney Walker and them running the ball so much and A.J. Brown being there, there's just not enough to go around. And I don't know if I can really trust any of these Titans wide receivers. Uh, Delaney Walker himself is someone I might consider starting um, unless you have like an elite option. But there's nothing about this matchup that screams that he's going to have a huge game. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It, it, the, the Titans are a, a frustrating team. I mean, it, it, at any given week, any one of those receivers could go off for their 12 to 15 points or that one, one game for game one there where AJ exploded onto the scene there. But Davis, uh, I don't know, man. Like, uh, preseason, I was willing to give him another chance. Now I'm just thinking that that might have been a mistake. Yeah, and I mean, the thing with Davis is he's such a talented wide receiver that. Uh, if you're in Dynasty, I think now is a great time to buy low because um, Mar- Marcus Mariota, if he doesn't show up at some point during this year, he's going to be gone. This is a contract year for him. So they could easily have a formidable quarterback at the helm, at the helm next year, which could very, very much help out Corey Davis. So for the time being, Corey Davis, if you have him on your bench, just keep him there. <laughs> just do yourself a favor, keep him there. A.J. Brown... More of the same, just keep them there. Um, I don't think any of these guys are really going to get stability. If anything, Delaney Walker might. But uh, like we said, it's kind of a crapshoot at any of these guys at this point. Derrick Henry, I think someone we can both agree. Um, I, I feel like we can trust him this game. I mean, it, it's been... He's had a cu- two good games so far. But it, se- it seems like the first game revolved around... Was it the first game or the second game where he had that one really long catch for a touchdown if he didn't get that he probably would have been somewhere around 10 points but thanks to that catch he actually became fantasy relevant that week yeah that, that was week one and i know i was watching most of that game and i'm just thinking when is he gonna get it going and then sure enough he breaks off that i think it was like 75 yards but that was his only reception of the game so it's it's kind of a i mean he is playing well but you always also have to realize that this has been a lot of the game flow that's kind of been going in his favor if the ever get down and uh, I don't know that'll be tough tough for him to, to reel out some, some good points with those limited receptions for sure what do you uh, what do you think about the uh, the Jags receivers with uh, with my boy Minshew making the, uh, the appearance <laughs> oh he's uh, I love the way he dresses I mean first of all we have to address that the mustache fantastic the wardrobe fantastic um, and he actually hasn't looked bad. I'm hoping I'm hoping they open up the playbook a little more for him, because it seems like he was uh, kind of limited in his throws last week. Like they didn't really let him go down the field all that much. I know he caught DJ Chark on a pass or two a little further down the field, but um, he, they they seem kind of uh, what's the word? Conservative, I would say. That's what that's. See, I was thinking, what, what's the word? What's the word I'm trying to find? It's conservative. <laughs> that's the word. So they seemed conservative with his play calling. Um, as far as the wide receivers, I had hope for D.D. Westbrook. I mean, he he's one of my favorite players on the team. He's a slot wide receiver. He's a mismatch. He's taller. He's fast. I mean, he's got great hands, and it's just really about. I, I don't know where Minshew's going with the ball. It seems like D.J. Shark. Is going to be the main guy. He had nine targets last week, but 
I don't know who to trust. I think we need a couple more weeks of Minshew to really see where those targets go. If it ends up being Chark, it ends up being Chark. But I don't feel comfortable starting any of these guys right now. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I was I was big on Didi heading into the season, but uh, I mean now it looks like Chark and even maybe Conley seem to be ahead of Didi at this point. But yeah, like you said, we'll give him a couple more weeks and then uh, we'll be able to have a better idea of what's going on. Fournette, probably someone you're going to end up starting. Um... He's been kind of shaky, you know, efficiency-wise. He's been getting a lot of work, which is great, but he just hasn't really been efficient with the work he gets. Um, if you have him on your team, you're likely starting him, hoping maybe he gets a goal line carry, he can break off a run, or maybe he gets a little more involved in the passing game. But uh, nothing about, and there's nothing about this matchup. We don't know enough about these two teams. The Titans in the first week seemed the defense seemed really, really good against the Browns, but. Looking at the Browns last night, I think it was more of just Baker just not hitting his strides. and I, I don't know. I, I, there's, it's only two weeks. Don't really know what to take away from this Titans team, so there's nothing about the matchup that makes me want to forcibly sit Leonard Fournette unless you have another elite option, as always. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have some Fournette this year. I'm going to play him every week regardless. His main downfall so far has just been a lack of touchdowns. If he, if he was able to score the first two games, we're probably looking at 15 <laughs> but you know what? I, I I would not be surprised if Gardner goes out there on Thursday night and just lights everything up and just with the mustache. Uh, that that's that's my dream. But I don't know if we're gonna get that dream. So <laughs> I mean, how, how can you not cheer for the guy when he when uh, you seen that picture with his uh, chest hair busting out the mustache? Uh, I was a fan right there. Of course, he's captivated everyone at this point. But let's move on to the 1 o'clock games on Sunday. We're going to try to skim through this a little faster now. So first game, we have the Bengals at the Bills. Um, Andy Dalton, right now, he's always hot. It seems like he's always hot in the beginning of the season. The Red Rockets firing in all cylinders. He had like 400 yards last game. I wouldn't expect too much of the same against the Bills. Uh, Definitely not starting Dalton by any means. John Ross, will it continue? I don't know. You've been able to start him the last week, last two weeks. He's been getting targets, which is good. It's not just been like a Tyler Lockett last year where he has one catch for 100, whatever it is, 50 yards and a touchdown. He's been getting like 10, you know, around 10 targets each week. So what's your feeling about John Ross? Tyler Boyd, obviously, is someone we can start. But it's really Joe Mixon and uh, John Ross are the question marks going into this game. Yeah, Boyd is a weekly lock. I'll play him all day. Ross, you know what? <laughs> I still don't trust him. He, he kind of reminds me of uh, Eric Ebron from last year. I don't know about you, but when you get your lineup uh, questions throughout the week, for like four weeks in a row, I was saying, don't play Ebron, don't play Ebron. <laughs> sure enough, this guy's going for touchdowns every week. Um, and now two weeks in a row, I've, I've, I've advised people to sit Ross. And sure enough, he's, uh, he's putting up touchdowns. So <laughs> I don't know whether it's a abandoned ship or, or get on the Ross train. I think against the Bills definitely would not be the time to get on the ship. If this was an easier matchup, I'd say, like, all right, you know what? He's had a good last two weeks. A.J. Green is still out. Um, you know, take take a shot on Ross if you need an extra flex. But right now, I don't like the matchup against the Bills secondary. They've been decent throughout this year. I mean, last week, uh, Eli, <laughs> now that he's not starting anymore, Daniel Jones named the starter today. But Eli had a little trouble last week. Uh, he wasn't able to get the ball to Ingram. 
and the wide receivers he had available it was just kind of a crapshoot for them. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm specifically, if I have John Ross on my team, I don't think I'm starting him unless I'm really desperate for an option. You have to hope he breaks off like one, you know, long touchdown catch or something like that. But as far as Joe Mixon, first two games, disappointment, right? Injured in the first game, coming off that injury in the second game. Can you trust him in week three? I mean, he's got to bounce back at some point, right? Like, I mean, every analyst, every NFL dude had had him ranked basically inside the top 12 at, 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 at minimum. So, I mean, at some point he's got to bounce back. So I'm, I'm still rolling with Nixon. Uh, Boyd, for sure. Like you like said, I, I don't feel comfortable at this point starting Ross. But if he puts together a nice game again this week, then I might have to get on the Ross train. Uh, what, do, what do you see him for the Bills? I mean, how about Singletary? He's looking great. He's looking great. From what I know, he has a hamstring injury. They're calling it day-to-day. Um, for whatever reason, they're staying committed to Frank Gore. I don't know. It, it's The last two weeks has been Devin Singletary touches the ball three times, and he has like 70 yards and a touchdown. And Frank Gore touches the ball 15 times, and he has like 50 yards, and he had a touchdown last week. I don't understand the commitment to Frank Gore, and he's been a thorn in fantasy football players for the last three years, I think it's been. Gore has just been a nuisance. A nuisance to us. But, um... uh, I don't know what to think. No, I know, I hear you. But, I mean, this is where you have to separate fantasy from real football, right? From a real football coaching perspective, it it makes sense to pound Gore. Uh, He's a north-south runner. He, He... Decent yard per carry average, uh, plus is giving Singletary a little bit of a rest. You got to remember, he's still a rookie. You don't want, typically, don't want to make your rookie to be down workhorse unless you got someone really, really special like a Gurley or a Barkley or a Zeke, something like mm-hmm. that. So I get it from a football point of view, but fantasy, it, it's definitely frustrating because this guy's leaving uh, lots of points on the bench for sure. And I, I think the biggest question with Singletary isn't. I mean, even if I started him last week in one of my leagues, he had over 10 points, and that was with a limited workload. So it's not even so much the workload, it's just this injury, the hamstring. The hamstrings over the last couple of years have been brutal. Um, because it's day-to-day and not week-to-week, I mean, we're still waiting to hear more on the injury as of right now. And this is Tuesday, reminder. But... Um, it, it kind of worries me because I'm hoping it's not something that'll linger and it'll affect him for the rest of the season. But look, if he's good to go on Sunday, I think he definitely deserves at least flex consideration because with a limited workload against the Bengals, we saw what all three running backs for the 49ers did to the Bengals last week. And um, between Raheem Moster, Matt Breida, and Jeff Wilson got in the end zone, it just was not pretty. This run defense is just not you know, not good at all. So Frank Gore may be in consideration, especially if Devin Singletary is out. But um, if Singletary's in, I'm considering him for flex. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, like, it's crazy that we're still talking about guys like Frank Gore and uh, Carlos Hyde still in play at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's crazy. It feels like we're flashing back to, like, four years ago. For sure. And now we, we talked about John Ross before as someone we didn't trust. No matter what, it's like with all the evidence in front of us, the targets, the yards, touchdowns, whatever it is, we just can't get on board with John Ross. But how do you feel about John Brown? Kind of flip side to where Brown has had a couple productive weeks. He's been the wide receiver one on the Bills. It's been pretty clear. Uh, Cole Beasley's had a little work too. But overall, I'm 
I'm selling John. I'm, okay, I'm selling John Brown high because of his injury history and the fact that he has. I believe it's a what's that blood condition? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but I can't. Remember. I can't think of the name right now. To be honest. Uh, sickle cell. That's what it is. Yes, that's it. That's Whew, it. There you go. <laughs> but he's got a, a sickle cell. Uh, disease or whatever it might be basically when he gets hurt it's just a lot worse then that's kind of just the layman's terms of it to where over the years he gets one injury it lingers for weeks and weeks and weeks and he's he's hurt for a while um last year he actually started off hot too with joe flacco and the ravens he started off really really well he was in wide receiver to consideration for everyone and my feeling with him is just kind of ride him while he's hot you know, he's got a good matchup against Cincinnati. Start him. Ride him while he's hot if he gets injured down the line. But he, he's someone I'm selling high, and I'm just going to enjoy the ride while the ride is going. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at as well. I mean, when he's in there, when he's healthy, he's shown that he's going to put up some points, and Allen seems to try to get him a, a few deep balls every game. So, like you said, ride the train while it's hot, and then either hopefully sell him just before he gets hurt, or if he does get hurt, hopefully you've got the depth on your bench to cover him. Yeah, and just adding to that, um, Cole Beasley, for me, maybe like a PPR desperate option. He's not someone I'm excited about to put in my lineup. And uh, Josh Allen, I love the matchup with him against Cincinnati, too. I think he could be a top five, top ten quarterback this week, especially with the rushing. And uh, he's already got two rushing touchdowns. So um, if you guys need a quarterback stream for this week, Josh Allen, definitely a viable option. Anything else you want to add on that matchup? Yeah, definitely. I got that one as probably the uh, the number one quarterback on my waiver wire list. If he's he's not available in, in all the leagues, but in some leagues he's, he's still out there. The if you get in more competitive leagues, these, some of these guys tend not to roster two quarterbacks. But um, so if he's if he's available, I would definitely recommend scooping him up because he's just got the the upside with that rushing ability. Especially if you're a Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, or Sam Darnold owner, <laughs> might want to think about it. <laughs> oh, crazy week for QBs. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, going on to the next matchup, we have the Detroit Lions at the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Starting off with the Lions, I mean, I think this is a good game for Stafford and Galladay, who had success last week. The Eagles' secondary is just decimated right now. They got destroyed by Ridley and Julio last week. That was was kind of the situation last year, too, to where just the secondary just couldn't keep up with any of the receivers. And I think Galladay's in for a decent week. Marvin Jones, maybe more of a desperate option. He hasn't really been getting too many targets, uh, at least not as many as we expected. Danny Amendola has been a little bit of a surprise. TJ Hawkinson's kind of quiet last week. But uh, what, what's your feeling on the Dolphins? Not the Dolphins, the Lions offense. I mean, this is actually pretty tough for me. Growing up, I was, I was actually a Lions fan. Barry Sanders was my favorite player. Um, and then later on in life, I switched to Philly, so this is uh, going to be tough to hear for this one. But the uh, yeah, the banged up secondary is something that I'm all too used to being a Philly fan lately. Um, and not even just that, Alshon's banged up, D. Jackson is also banged up. So uh, the Lions, uh, they're they're in a good spot here. I think their, their offense is looking good. Um, they are trying to slow it down, slow it down a little bit more. They do finally have a, a solid running back with Carry uh, On Johnson. Um, if only they use him. Obviously, the beast. Oh. Yeah, Galladay has been beasting the last couple of weeks. But one thing I want to add on carry on is if they actually used him. I mean, he had I, th- I think he had just above 50 uh just above 50% snaps last week. 
but really just need to see him get more touches. I mean, that's just kind of not been helping their case as far as an offense. And the Eagles right now, they're usually a pretty stout run defense, but uh, Tim Jernigan's out. Malik Jackson went out. They still have Fletcher Cox in there, so it's still not easy runnings, but um, you know, definitely a little lighter than what we're used to. Yeah, for sure. But the only upside here that I like is, uh, I mean, Wentz and Irv are falling out, and Wentz, Wentz has looked, looked really good back there. I mean, he's throwing for a ton of yards. I, uh, at first, I thought this game might be a low-scoring close game, but the more I look into it with, with all these injuries, I, I think we may see more of a high-scoring game than we're used to. And now, from what I know, I saw uh, Alshon Jeffrey, he is not going to, there's a good chance he does not play, not only this week, but I'm pretty sure they have a Thursday matchup the following yeah. week, so there's a good chance he misses both games. I haven't heard anything official on Deshaun Jackson, but, I mean, are you considering Nelson Aguilar? Or is it more of just see who's active, play it from there? Because obviously, obviously, <laughs> obviously, if Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are inactive, then I think Aguilar definitely gets flex consideration. Obviously, Zach Ertz is going to be the main focal point of this offense. But, um, I mean, does anybody, any of the other wide receivers intrigue you? I mean, I have uh, Aguilar on my waiver wire list that will be out today for sure. Um, I mean, he had, could have had a team winning touchdown catch last week if he didn't drop that. I have no clue how he dropped that. Even watching 30 different plays, it was basically the easiest catch he could have gotten. And then a couple plays later, he hauls in a tough one. So don't really get what's going to happen there. But, yeah, I'm going to monitor see what's, up, see what's going on with uh, Deshaun Jackson and that groin injury. If he's a no-go, then I think Aguilar is the best bet to see more targets. Um, uh, a dark sleeper, I guess, could be uh, J.J., uh, he had some big grabs in the preseason, so it's only a matter of time before they put that big body to work. So it may not surprise me to see him get some increased reps if, if D. Jackson is a no-go. And now as far as these eagle running backs, still crapshoot? I mean, what? how frustrating still, is yeah, that? It's still a crapshoot at this point. It looks like the, the coaches are definitely favoring Sanders at this point, um, which is different than how I thought it would go. I thought they would pound Howard um, early and often and then uh, open it up with Sanders, but... Um, what I'm seeing, it's looking like the coaches are just waiting for one of these guys to just explode so they can kind of pick one favorite and kind of roll with them. But you know what scared me about this offseason? Right before the season started, when there was a, it was announced that the Eagles tried to trade for Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Like, how, how does that help your confidence if you're an owner of any of the Eagles running backs going into the year? to where they're still trying to trade for more players. And I, I don't know. I, I don't understand it. Um, I, I don't understand why they're giving Darren Sproles more work than anybody else. What's going on? I know uh, Miles Sanders is seeing more snaps, and Darren Sproles more so was the first game where he was seeing a lot more work. But, um, you know, it, I, I still don't feel comfortable starting anyone, any of these running backs. I just can't feel comfortable. Yeah, same here. I mean, I have Howard and Sanders uh, drafting a bunch and to, to, just to stash on my bench. I, I figured it was going to take some time to figure out who was going to be the guy, but I mean, this is another case of we got to stop thinking so much about fantasy football and just, just take a step back and think about how it looks from a real football perspective. You got a rookie there, Miles Sanders, who's obviously explosive. He's going to be a starter at some point, but I mean, you talk about Darren Sproles, who's nothing special, but 
he's like Frank Gore. He, he, he does his job. He's like a Mike Davis type of player as well. Nothing special, but you give them the ball. They're not really going to mess up. They're going to get you the couple yards. They're going to catch the ball. So, again, from a football point of view, it makes sense. But from fantasy, it's, it's damn frustrating, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely get on the same page with that. The running back committees these days are so common to where there's – it's almost like every backfield has one. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's going to keep going like this for the future. I mean, I made a post uh, in the offseason that I caught a lot of hate on where I was saying you don't need to draft more than one running back in the first four rounds. Focus on these big play receivers, and then in the rounds five, six, seven, eight, that's when you scoop up all these running backs in a committee because they're going to get touches. They're going to be viable. So far, that, that strategy has that kind of worked out for me, but, I mean, it's still early, only week two. I don't want to toot my horn uh, too early, but... So far, it's looking like the right play. You know, it's not looking right. The look, looking, oh, I messed that up. Damn it! That was going to be so smooth, but you know, it's okay. Let's just go into the Jets at Patriots. Um, that's where I was going with this. The Jets just not looking good. <laughs> well, I really messed that up. But um, they're onto Luke Falk, 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 Luke Falk, and uh, he looked actually okay at the very tail end of that game obviously defense not really putting in all that effort at the end of the game but uh i don't know he, he was looking at robbie a little bit but the only one in this offense i really trust right now is Le'Veon bell yeah no i agree um, i mean I, I, i'm not on board i've seen a lot of uh, accounts out there saying that we should be dropping uh robbie anderson and crowder uh, i'm definitely not dropping robbie crowder possibly I mean, he didn't really have much touchdown upside anyways uh, but the, the receptions were definitely there early with Darnold. Um, but, but yeah, Falcon and, and uh, Robbie seemed to have a little bit of connection there late, like you said. I mean, they were playing a little bit of a prevent, but still, he made the throw, Robbie made the grab. So uh, I'm going to hold Robbie for now. And, yeah, Falk didn't look too bad. I mean, definitely could have been worse. Yeah, de- definitely could have been like Trevor Simeon breaking your ankle worse. <laughs> but uh, moving on to the real team here. My team, we got the Patriots at home against the Jets. First of all, um, Antonio Brown, how you doing? Uh, he saw, I believe it was eight targets, and he played like 50% of the snaps. And I, I was watching the game, and it's like every time he was on the field, I could see Brady just looking at him, just like looking for him, trying to find him. And uh, if Brady was on target, Antonio Brown definitely would have had at least two touchdowns in that game. But, I mean... Obviously, there's been more information coming out about Antonio Brown, more allegations, more background, and the accuser actually met with the NFL. I saw it was for, I think it was like 10 hours today that he met with the accuser, that they uh, met with the accuser. So if that surfaces into anything else and he ends up not playing for whatever reason, obviously you don't play him. Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman become even better plays. But, um, yeah, I mean, if Antonio Brown is playing, you're definitely starting him another week in the system. I mean, a couple days in the system, and he was already that involved in the in the game plan. So, Antonio Brown, clear start. Patriots defense, clear start. Clear start. Should be the start of the week, if not the Dallas against Miami. So, I mean, is there anything else you want to add about this Patriots team? Oh, no, I, I totally agree with all, all you're saying there. I mean, I... Brady is obviously getting flashbacks of a few years ago when when he uh, when they brought on Randy Moss and he tore it up there. If Davies on the field, he, he's definitely a must start. And Brady actually his value skyrockets now that um, he, he could be higher season. So if he's still out 
there on the wire? Probably not, but it's still definitely scoop him up. Um, and like you said, the, the Patriots defense it could even possibly be another shutout. It's definitely the start of the week, I would say, defensive-wise. Yeah, and I mean, it's close between them and the Cowboys against Miami, but uh, nothing to add. Sonny Michel, his role hasn't been as prominent as we've hoped. I mean, uh, he's had a little bit of trouble getting it down as far as efficiency-wise. He's he struggled a little bit this year, which is why we've seen a little more of Rex Burkhead. Hopefully, he changes that and he starts to pick it up. Um, it's going to be a positive game script. They're at home. I mean, if you have him, you're probably starting him. He's going to hope for a touchdown, hope he can break off a run. Um, but overall, it's a little shaky for Michelle right now. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But Yeah, no, I hear, I hear you. I have a lot of Sony Michelle shares this year. I, I scooped him up wherever I could. His value is just way too hard to pass up. But, yep. I mean, the thing is, again, <laughs> I keep repeating myself, but we gotta sometimes you got to stop thinking fantasy football-wise and go back to actual football. Patriots are, are probably the team to beat and a heavy favorite to go to the Super Bowl. So you have to assume that, that Bill Belichick wants Sony Michelle to be healthy for that time. So I think it could be a frustrating time uh, for the first probably six, seven games for uh, Sony Michelle owners of, of him not getting the full, full workload for sure. But oh. it'll, it'll def- definitely pay off come fantasy football playoff time because they'll, they'll be rolling by then. Yeah, and especially as it gets colder and colder, um, you know, getting hit by bigger guys is... A lot harder. <laughs> it hurts a lot more. Sure. So it's harder to stop those big bruising backs. So uh, hopefully we'll see more of Sony in the future. Moving on to the next game, Raiders at Vikings. Now, uh, before we get into my favorite pick of the whole entire year, which is Dalvin Cook, uh, we'll talk about the Raiders a little bit, um, entertain that for a little bit. Josh Jacobs did not seem like he's the guy on third downs. Not a great matchup. I mean, the Vikings did get torn up by Aaron Jones. So, more so just the game script. So, I I don't know how to feel about Josh Jacobs. He was one yard away from having a 100-yard game. He is getting the work. It's just he's not seeing those those receptions, which is what a lot of people thought he would be seeing, especially because of his role in college. So, that's a little shocking to me. Tyrell Williams, obviously not a great matchup. He doesn't have a wide receiver opposite of him to take off pressure. I think Darren Waller is the guy I'd most consider playing this week, but is there anyone else from the Raiders you're considering? No, nah, nah, like you said, Waller is definitely the, the guy I like the most right now uh, this week for, against the Raiders. Like that Williams has a very tough matchup. Uh, and Jacobs, yeah. You know what, before the season, I was trying to pump the brakes a little bit on everybody thinking that uh, him and David Montgomery were going to come in and kind of be the next Saquon and Zeke, but we gotta we got to remember, like, there, there's other guys on their team that, that can do the job and, and step up, like, and you're saying that with the third downs. Uh, Jalen Rashard, I think, was top 12 in receptions amongst running backs last year. They re-signed him to a new deal in the offseason. Like, we almost had to know that, that although Jacobs was going to see a heavy workload, Rashard was still going to be there um, getting some of those receptions. Yeah, so Richard, obviously still a factor. Not worth the start. Not enough no, snaps no, to marry the start. Just want to clarify that because some people hear that and they're like, oh, okay, I'll pick him up and start him. Like, no, we're not saying that. So um, that's, I think, just about does it for the Raiders. I don't think anybody's considering starting Derek Carr in this game. But as far as Vikings, as far as Viking, Kirk has been very, very bad. Um, <laughs> just overall hasn't been able. You think a guy with 
guys like Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, that he could do a lot better than he is with the money he's making. Oh, gosh. It's just, it's been a crapshoot for Kirk. Um, obviously, if you have Thielen or Diggs, it's a good matchup. You're probably still starting them. If you have Dalvin Cook, congratulations. You might have the running back one of this week. <laughs> Or maybe the season. I don't know. He's playing like the running back one right now. And it's absolutely insane. His The zone blocking scheme with Kubiak has been so good for him. And I mean, I, I just, I would just love to see this continue and continue and continue. Especially because I have so many shares of Devin Cook. It's going so well. But <laughs> Kyle Rudolph, can't oh. trust. Is there anything else you want to add? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, everything was lining up for Dalvin Cook going into this season. If you passed on him or, or listened to anybody who was telling you to pass on him, um, I would probably start listening to us because we, we were all over <laughs> Dalvin Cook. Like, how could you, how could you not be? Um, and Cousins, like, yeah, Cousins is being Cousins right now. But if you look, if you look at his past couple seasons, this is usually how he plays. He, he kind of slacks for a bit. He'll explode for those three, four hundred yard games with three, three touchdown passes. And this could be the week. I think the Oakland's giving up. Uh, I think over almost three hundred and fifty pass yards per game. Uh, so I mean, I, I, I'm riding heavy Vikings and DFS this week. I'll probably have a, a, a stack with at least four of them for sure, multiple teams. Nice. Okay. So I, I, so you're saying Kirk usually starts off slow and then kind of picks it up at a couple games in the season. He's like a mat, he's like he's a matchup start. Um, like, like I said, if, if you go back and look at his stats, he'll have a, a bunch of dud games, but he, he'll always explode two, three times a season for these old, way over three or four hundred yard passing. I, I, I have a feeling that this week could be the week. All right, yeah. So if you guys are playing DFS, I guess look for look to add some Vikings players. Dalvin Cook's going to be in my lineup for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. He's, he's matchup proof. Play every week. For sure. So. Uh, getting to this next game, this is probably going to be this. This has to be the game of the week. I mean, the Patriots play at one o'clock, and I usually always try to watch the Patriots game. But I might just. I mean, Jets at Patriots. Why the hell would you not want to watch Ravens at Chiefs instead of the Patriots and Jets? I mean, it's just Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, the two top quarterbacks right now. I mean, I think Dak Prescott's up there too, but among the top two quarterbacks for fantasy right now. Um, Ravens defense a little beat up right now, but I don't think that really matters if you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side. So the, I, I'm expecting this to be a shootout, which I'm sure you are too. Uh, Ravens players, Mark Andrews, uh, Marquise Brown, all systems go for me. I mean, Mark Ingram even can get some work. I'm, I'm a little shaky about Mark Ingram season long, but for this week, I feel like he'll be okay. Obviously, Lamar, a top five play this week at least. So uh, anything else we want to add on the Ravens side? No, I agree with uh, with your take on Ingram. I mean, he's already showed he's a little bit banged up already. So, um, with, with the heavy volume that he sees, it's going to be tough for him to last the year for sure. Um, so, I, I'm a little bit a little, little concerned about that. But I cannot wait to watch this game. I'll be watching this one for sure. Uh, really, the first real defensive test for Mahomes this year. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I don't think he can be stopped. I mean, he can be slowed down, but he can't be stopped. And Lamar Jackson, so far, is kind of looking like the same thing. Uh, you can attempt to slow him down, but he, I don't think you're going to stop him. Yeah, and I mean, that bodes well for Mark Andrews, especially, and Marquise Brown. Andrews is the number one tight end in fantasy right now. Um, the Ravens, from what I know, have a decent matchup coming up. And, and I got a couple questions about who I would start Mark Andrews over. So... 
let's let's put together a short list of tight ends we would start over Mark Andrews. Ready? I'll go first. Travis Kelsey. Zach Ertz. And I think that's it. That's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I hope you don't have another one because I don't. <laughs> I might even consider starting him over Zach Ertz. But I mean, but that's, you know, it can go either way, especially with the receivers out. Ertz will probably be a safer play. Not that there's even anything wrong with Andrews, but uh, more so we just haven't seen so much of him. So, yeah, I mean, I, I got a question. Would you start Ingram over him? My answer was no, because we have Daniel Jones coming in. I want to see where his tendencies are, who he looks to the most. Uh, Sterling Shepard's going to be back. So we, we don't know what the targets for Ingram are going to be like, especially because uh, he was more of Eli's guy. So, um, yeah, I mean, not that Ingram's going to do bad, but more so just the matchup and everything for Andrews was just perfect this week. Yeah, exactly. And, and how do you how do you get away from him at this point? Like, uh, I'm going to play him, and I'm going to continue to play him until he plays his way off my team, basically. So if he has two dud games in a row, then maybe I'll consider sending him back to the bench. But as of right now, he's a weekly lock for me. Yeah, and for me, I have tons of shares of Andrews. I think I have him in my big money league, my family league, a couple experts leagues. I have him in just about every single league. And what I've been doing is... Uh, I, I've, I've been doing this thing where I stockpile a whole bunch of tight ends on my team. I don't know if you saw my story of what I... I, I, uh, I had George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Chris Erndon, and Darren Waller on one team. And I sold away Darren Waller and George Kittle. So I'm sitting pretty with Mark Andrews and Chris Erndon. And I feel comfortable with it. So uh, I got a lot of value out of those two guys that traded away. It's working out pretty well. But overall, love Andrews season long. And uh, hopefully he continues to kill it with Lamar. Now, going on the flip side here, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. Like you said, obviously, nobody's sitting Patrick Mahomes. I don't care who he's going against. They're just not sitting him. Wide receiver-wise, we saw Demarcus Robinson was the guy last week. Sammy Watkins was the guy the first week. Travis Kelsey, not even a question about if you're starting him. But uh, just sifting through these wide receivers, I mean, Nicole Hardman, are you starting him? Are you starting... Robinson, are you just starting either of them because they've been touching the grace of Patrick Mahomes and you're just hoping they catch the touchdown? Uh, who, who are you starting this week? I, I'm probably rolling with Robinson still. Uh, Harden's still a rookie. Uh, I watched that game as well. Uh, I'm not too sure if you did, but there was a couple plays where he ran uh, not the best route and it caused Mahomes to kind of miss him on the pass. So until he tightens that up, I'm, I'm going to stick with Robinson, who's shown to be a great route runner a great route runner so and then with, with Sammy Watkins last week he had a tough matchup on the outside and again he's going to be going up against uh, Humphrey and then Carr I think uh, this week so it, it could be another tight game for Watkins unless he's able to, to break one deep so I think the safe play is probably to, to roll with Robinson again okay yeah and I mean I mean uh, I even know last week Hardman I think had a second touchdown that was called back because of a penalty right yeah, I've seen that, and again, it's just, I'm so bullish on rookies, like, I, I, I undervalue <laughs> them every year, no matter what, and whether I'm right or wrong, I'm, I'm going to stick with it, it takes a lot for me to, to want to plug in a rookie, especially week three of, of fantasy football, I mean, if you're if you're 0-2 and, you, and you're sitting there um, heading into this week needing a win, and you're choosing between, say, someone like, um, I mean, uh, who would be a good 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 comparison to, to want to roll over Hartman, I can put uh, Allen Robinson over, over Mike Evans or Curtis Samuel or, or DJ Moore possibly I can see but 
I mean, I'm going to basically take any starting uh, wide receiver over Harbin at this point until he proves that he, he deserves to be on my team. All right, I can get on board with that. As far as running backs, uh, Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy both banged up uh, after this last week. From what I know, they're both okay. Uh, McCoy had an MRI, and it was nothing serious, and it sounds like they're leaning towards him playing this week, as well as Damian Williams, who I believe had a contusion, a knee contusion. I don't know if it was his knee or what, but a contusion is basically just a bruise. So um, he's expected to play as well. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a great matchup for those guys. I think I would obviously favor Damian Williams because he's more involved in the passing game. I'd be... I, I don't know if I'm starting LaShawn McCoy. He seems to be more of just the uh, running back and not so much the pass-catching back. So I, I'd be a little careful about starting McCoy. All right, so that just about does it for the Chiefs and the Ravens. Hopefully you guys are able to watch that game. It's going to be a really good game. But let's move on to the Falcons at Colts. So Falcons, Matt Ryan, by the way, right now, he leads the league in interceptions, which I really didn't expect. I don't know why he's having so much trouble right now, but um, especially when you have a guy. I mean, I know his offensive line is injured right now. Lindstrom, I believe, is on IR, and McGarry just got hurt on this last game. But overall, I'm a little shaky on Matt Ryan. He's not at home. He's still in the dome. He's at the Colts. Obviously, if you have him, it's not a bad start. But uh, Julio, Ridley, locked and loaded starters. Are you comfortable, Ridley, week to week? Yeah, you know what? I have quite a bit of Ryan shares in best ball. Just because where he was going in the draft, it's kind of hard to pass on him at that point. Uh-huh. Um, he, he does throw a lot of picks because he takes a lot of chances. And how can you not really throw the ball up when you got Julio Jones, arguably top two, three receiver in the league, and Ridley, who looks unstoppable so it's I get it I mean I have no problem playing Ryan he's gonna have to deal with the odd bus game but for the most part I think he's pretty safe in terms of points fantasy wise and what about Ridley are you comfortable starting Ridley this week all day I'll start he's a, he's a weekly starter for me now gotcha yeah I'm, I'm on the same boat I have him a couple leagues as my wide receiver three ish so he's usually my flex play or in my wide receiver, wide receiver three position um as far as Devontae Freeman it's not a bad matchup on paper, but I'm just not touching this guy anymore. I mean, he had a 50-50 split, uh, split, 50-50 split with Ido Smith the first week. Last week, he just couldn't do anything running the ball. Ido Smith is clearly the better running back right now. Um, as far as the pass catcher, I'd still give that nod to Freeman. But overall, I just don't feel comfortable starting Freeman anymore. I don't know. I, I, I need to see a game where he sees... Not only more workload than Edo Smith, but he does something with it. And once that happens, I'll feel more comfortable starting in week to week. But I just, I just don't right now. Yeah, I, I was off Freeman kind of heading into the season just with his injury history. I just figured it was really only a matter of time before he went down. But I figured while he was healthy, he'd definitely be the uh, pretty much a workhorse there, getting a bunch of the carries. I, I did stash Edo Smith on a lot of my teams to just chill on the bench just in case uh, Freeman did go down. He, he's definitely in a good spot on a high. Uh, octane offense there but yeah I mean I think the, the Colts are allowing I think 125 rush yards per game so if Freeman if Freeman can't get a goal and score this game then I mean there's there's no hope for him at this point and as far as Austin Hooper for me I, a lot of people are pretty high on Austin Hooper going into the season and I understand that I had him like just inside my top 10 but I didn't want to go crazy because 
he's historically just been someone who's incons- who's been inconsistent, right? It depends on if Matt Ryan's having a huge game. Usually you need like Julio or uh, Calvin Ridley to have a down game so he can get those extra targets. He had a good game the first week, kind of disappeared the second week, and that's just kind of a trend you have to get used to because you never know when he's going to have that big game. You can throw him in your starting lineup and hope he gets you a manageable like 8, 9, 10 points, or he could go off and get you like 20. So I don't know how to really feel about Hooper. If you have a consistent option, then I'd start him over Hooper. But if you don't, and Hooper is your tight end one, you don't really have anyone on your bench, just ride with it and hope he can give you a high-scoring game and sell high if he does. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's what happens when you wait on a tight end. Though. You end up with guys like Hooper and, and Delaney Walker who are pretty safe for like a 7-8 to eight floor, which doesn't seem much. But if you're waiting to, to the late rounds to get a tight end, I mean, I'll take that all day long. Um, they score a touchdown and they get that the odd 15-16 week, but... For the most part, if you're drafting a tight end late, then you got to be happy with the 7-8 floor. Exactly. So, I mean, and when you're drafting a tight end late, that's what you want. You just want a guy who, at any point, could give you those big weeks and put you over the edge because you spent capital getting a balanced roster. So that tight end position, you want the chance of, uh, you know, that big game and putting you over the edge. So that's, that's pretty much it with Austin Hooper. Uh, as far as the Colts... I still don't know what to make up with. Obviously, it's a great matchup at home against the Falcons defense, who has struggled. I'm pretty sure, uh, who is it? Trufant just went down on Monday. Was that Monday? Yeah, that was Monday. That was yesterday. No, that was Sunday night. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're a little bit banged up. And again, they're underperforming. Everyone had high hopes on this young, explosive defense, but they're not performing on the task, that's for sure. Yeah, and I mean, Brissett, I still don't know what to make of him. He's... He's been doing okay, and uh, he's no Andrew Luck, but T.Y. Helton's been getting his share. Uh, he seems to be pretty consistent. He's putting up big points every week. I feel like a lot of people were uh, just just couldn't forget that 2017 season, as well as me. I couldn't forget either, where Andrew Luck was out and T.Y. Helton was only startable like two or three weeks. But it's a much better situation for Brissett right now. Um, I think he can definitely be a streaming option if you need to. Uh, Hilton, don't see a reason to sit him. As of right now, I mean, he's doing very well. Uh, Ebron and Doyle are kind of crapshoots. Neither of them are really gaining consistency. I don't like any of these other wide receivers. Marlon Mack, I think this is a great matchup for Marlon Mack. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much hits it. Is there anything else you wanted to add on the Colts? No, I, I, I agree with you. I think Mack is in a good spot this week. Um, he'll, for sure, definitely staying away from any of the other receivers. And like you said, with Doyle and Ebron, it's just, it's too hard to predict who's going to get the ball each week, so I'll just I'm, I'm going to stay away from those guys. <laughs> I will say, if you are desperate, Eric Ebron still does seem like the best red zone option. So if you are very desperate, you can throw him in and hope for a touchdown. But uh, you know, don't expect too much if you're putting either of those guys in your lineup. That's the thing, and I always try to when, I, when my followers or fans or whatever you guys want to call them. My fellow fantasy football players, when they're when they're asking me questions, I line up questions and all that kind of stuff. I, I tell them who to start and sit, but I also tell them why. Because at the end of the day, we want to make you guys better fantasy players. We don't want you to kind of rely on us for to make your decisions. We want to give you the information so that you can make your best decision. And sometimes you got to take what you can get. If if, if you're thin at, at tight end, then you might have to sacrifice and, and, and take the eight points you're going to get out of Ebron. And a lot of times it even boils down to a gut feeling too. You know, like if. 
if you uh, if we're telling you to start someone and you don't feel comfortable starting that person or if we're telling you to sit someone you don't want to put them on your bench that's fine you know th- yeah. this is this isn't uh i don't want you you shouldn't take what we say as direct you, you should digest this information um take it how you will if you want to apply what we're saying that's great but it's really just about trying to help you make your own decision and presenting the facts so that's really why we're here why we're doing this we seem to have a pretty good track record but uh you know it's it's going pretty well so far so let's move on to the denver broncos at the green bay packers denver broncos what to make of them i mean i don't emmanuel sanders at third was he 30 31 coming off an Achilles tear in the very last couple weeks of last year. I mean, an Achilles tear for a lot of players can be almost worse than an ACL, right? Like, a lot of times ACLs can linger more, but it's just harder to come back from an Achilles. And the fact that he's doing it at this age, and he's recovered so quickly, and he looks like him, his old self, it's just amazing. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how he's doing it, but I guess at this point, you're just kind of throwing him in your lineup, right? I mean, wh- wh- how can you not? Exactly. How can you not start him? And like you said, it, it's very, very rare for someone to bounce back and be as explosive as they, as they were um, coming off an Achilles tear, and especially, like I said, at, at, at uh, Sanders' age. Plus, he's playing in the slot, which is a lot of quick in and outs and double moves. It's, uh, I'm super impressed right now. And, yeah, if you have him on your team, he's got to be a weekly, weekly play at this point. Now, uh, another thing, Noah Fant. Not really doing too much. It's uh, I, I wasn't really a huge fan of Fant going into the season. I, I like the player. It's just the situation, and like what you're saying about uh, wide receiver, rookie wide receivers, and it really applies to rookie tight ends too, to where yeah. they don't get involved a lot early on. Hawkinson had that first big game that he kind of disappeared last week. Fant has had a couple catches here and there, but they still have guys like Jeff Ironman in their game, and you know he's still sharing the position. He's not seeing a full uh, workload, so... I'm not not looking at Fant right now. Uh, Cortland Sutton can be a very interesting option. I like the connection I saw with him and Flacco in week one. He kind of disappeared last week, but it was a tough matchup against the Bears. Um, is he worth a flex play, Cortland Sutton? Yeah, no, I'm definitely off of Fant as well, and I do like that Sutton call as well. Week one, he looked great. Big target. Flacco wanted to get him the ball. I mean, and it's hard to fault for anybody who doesn't perform against the Bears. I don't really take that or hold that against them because the Bears is just ridiculous. So um, I try to avoid any matchups against going against the Bears. There's a very, very slim chance that someone's going to go off against those guys. Yeah, so uh, Sutton, for me, definitely um, yeah. an option to throw in your flex. Depends on what else you have. Wouldn't see. I, there's nothing about the matchup that merits like an immediate start. Like you must start Sutton this week, but he's an upside play with Flacco. And as far as the running backs are concerned, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. It looks like Freeman's starting to peer ahead of Lindsay a little bit. I mean, Freeman seems to be the guy in third downs. Although Lindsay did did see some more work in the past catching. I, I don't. I don't know what to make of this. I, I think Freeman looks like the better back right now. I have to agree, which is very surprising. Who would have thought that? I mean, um, I don't know if, if something's going on with Lindsay or if, if they decided to run more Freeman for some reason. But, yeah, I don't really feel comfortable rostering any of these guys in, in season-long play. DFS, I'll sprinkle both of them in, in some lineups for sure. But season-long, going to be tough. And I mean, Green Bay's defense is definitely looking much improved so far through two weeks. Yeah, the Green Bay defense has been really, really impressive. And... Uh... 
even on top of that right now, I mean, like, we've seen the Broncos running backs be very, very involved in the passing game, which is great, and I think that's what Rich Scandarello wanted to see happen. But what I, it's going to take an injury for either of these guys to become an every-week starter, and that's just kind of the bottom line. No. Yeah, no, exactly. That's exactly what it's going to be. I mean, they're, they're two talented backs. So I, like, again, I get it from a football perspective. It makes sense to not want to slam just one dude. But fantasy-wise, come on, step it up. You've got to kill us. Yeah, and I mean, uh, they're going against the Packers, who we saw them get torn up by Delvin Cook. Um, did they play? Yeah, they got torn yeah. up by Delvin Cook last week. So it's not the worst matchup, but going into the Packers now, Devonta Adams still without a touchdown in his first two weeks after however many touchdowns he had last week. Um, this is a good matchup for Aaron Jones. I definitely want to see him go off again. And uh, like you said about the Bears, that was that first week, and last week was the first week we saw Aaron Jones without the Bears matchup. So and he looked great. He looked like him old self. He looked he looked like what we were all expecting. So. Um, fire up Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, obviously you're starting, Jimmy Graham, Marquise Valdez-Scantling, Geronimo Allison. I, n- no one has really uh, shown up as that clear number two option for Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's like first week it looked like it might be Valdez-Scantling, Jimmy Graham looked good. Then last week Geronimo Allison catches the touchdown. It's like I don't even – yeah, I don't feel comfortable. It, they're upside plays for sure, but it's just I don't feel comfortable though starting any of them. Yeah, me either. Just like you said, like week one, it was MBS, and then everybody was all over him, grabbing him off the wire, and then puts up a dud in week two, and now and gets the TD. So I think we're going to see that quite a bit this year. It's going to go back and forth between them two. But yeah, Jones looked great. Even in the in the Bears game, he looked so explosive. He just couldn't, he couldn't hit that seam and find that hole to break through. But uh, if he stays healthy, he's definitely a, I would say, a top eight lock for backs. And that's the biggest question with him is if he can stay healthy because so far in his career, he just hasn't been able to. So um, Jamal Williams has actually been seeing a decent amount of work too. He's been startable the last couple weeks. Um, I'm just not starting him though. I don't know. It's just Aaron Jones is the main guy there. Jamal Williams will still be on the field. He'll still get a little bit of a share. But this is what what typical Matt LaFleur offense looks like. So it's working well for Jones. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I, I have some, I have Williams on my bench on a couple of teams just in case Jones goes down. But, yeah, there's no way I'm playing him. He's almost the guy they want to bring in to get them from, like, the 30 to the 45 or a 30 to the 50 and then let Jones run, or Jones run wild. Yeah, especially if they're on the goal line, too. It's going to be all Jones. So. Yep. Um, yep. Jumping to this next matchup, the last 1 o'clock game. So... <laughs> uh, Miami Dolphins at Dallas Cowboys... Dolphins just traded away Mika Fitzpatrick to the Steelers. This team is a joke. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter again. Yippee. Uh, any bright spots that you can even talk about for the Dolphins? I mean, Preston Williams looked decent. I mean, as an undrafted free agent, I didn't expect him to be like the main target. And I mean, like there's not really anything you can take away and he's not even worth picking up at this point just because of how bad the offense is. But I'm very surprised by Preston Williams and how well he's been acclimated and how much trust they have in him putting him as one of the starting wide receivers. He's been on the field a lot. He saw a lot of targets last year, last week. So, uh, 
Um, maybe in Dynasty, keep an eye on Preston Williams. But as of right yeah, now, that, you know. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely got to keep on, an eye on Dynasty. I mean, it's clear Miami is tanking for Tua, or that that's what the uh, what, what a lot of people are saying, anyways. But um, big loss on the D losing Fitzpatrick there. Uh, this this could get ugly. I, I like Dallas real, real, real a lot. <laughs> definitely in DFS, I'll be uh, stacking the uh, Cooper and Dak for sure. Yeah, and I mean, that's just kind of the mantra at this point. Just start whoever's playing Dallas. For me in DFS, I think I'll just probably start whatever's cheaper between the Patriots defense and the Cowboys defense. I haven't even looked at the prices or anything yet, but... <clears throat> yeah, it doesn't even matter. If, if the, the way this, the Patriots scored last week, you definitely got to ride Dallas, too. That could be a huge week, but uh, <clears throat> what, do you t- what do you take of uh, Gallup going down? Who, who's going to step up? Is it going to be Devin Smith, or is Randall Cobb going to make a, a little resurgence here? Oh, uh, Right. The, the mantra against the Dolphins, so so the first week, obviously, with Lamar was a little overkill. You know, we, we saw 59 points. He was still throwing the ball. I think he had like five or six touchdowns in the game. Last week, I think it was a little more realistic. The Patriots got ahead. Um, it, typical Tom Brady fashion, he still played to the very last play. They threw down the field for a touchdown to make it like 43 or something ridiculous like that. I don't know. It was funny to watch. But um, overall... I don't think that's going to be the case for everything. every team. Obviously, I think Miami's going to be massacred by whoever they play. I just think there's going to be a point where the Cowboys get ahead and they're like, all right, we don't need to throw that much. Cooper will get some work. Zeke will just kind of take it away. Maybe we'll even see a little more Tony Pollard at the end of the game. But um, as far as passing and where those targets might go, Jason Witten, I, I really didn't expect Jason Witten, after coming out of retirement for a year, to be this involved they said he was gonna play limited snaps but um i i mean if you're desperate for a tight end play this week i think jason Witten has that upside especially with michael gallup out of the picture uh devin smith as much as we can sit here and say like you know there's a chance i bet that nobody's starting him this week and nobody's taking a chance on him being that guy again this week maybe in dfs but um, just not, he's not going to be in any one of the lineups, and I don't think he's really going to be in anybody else's lineup. Randall Cobb doesn't really interest me too much. Upside play. You know, everything's an upside play if you're going against Miami. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at, at any point, one of those guys could break free for a long touchdown. I'm with you. DFS, I may sprinkle them here or there. Probably not too much, but league play, definitely not rostering any of the, or, or starting any of those two guys for sure. It's funny. It's a cold day, though. Yeah. <laughs> There's, uh, yeah, Zeke for sure. He's going to be a top five, top two, top one play this week. But, um, yeah, it, it, I'm in a league where you get 0.1 points for every punt return, kick return yard. Uh, it's really interesting. It's actually kind of fun to play okay. like that. So, Randall Cobb does both kick returns and punt returns, and he's going to get to Miami. <laughs> and then you add in the fact that uh, Michael Gallup is out. So, um, I might have to actually take a look at Randall Cobb and consider starting him because if I'm thinking a look at him, I'm only starting him this week. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for sure, with that format, I think you're looking at probably like a 12-point floor, I would say. You think about how many three-and-outs the Dolphins are going to get, that could be a lot of work in the punt return game. Yeah, definitely going to have to consider it. I just have so many guys. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but I have so many guys on my flex that can start too. My team's really good. <laughs> That's the beauty of fantasy football, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Who to choose? Who to choose? 
Yeah, so many good options. But um, next game, we got Daniel Jones making his first NFL start against the Buccaneers. They're going into Tampa Bay. Um, It's hard to kind of analyze this Giants offense uh, other than Saquon Barkley, who's going to be money, by the way. But uh, it's just we don't have any evidence on Jones, right? I mean, like, we could see preseason, and he actually looked good in the preseason, but as far as, like, tendencies and, like, what I was talking about earlier, we don't know how much he's going to target Ingram. We don't know how much he's going to look for Barkley. Uh, Usually, rookies tend to lean on the big target, like the tight end, so we could see Ingram uh, do a little better, but I I don't know. We we, we just don't know enough yet. Exactly. I mean, the best thing about uh, Daniel Jones at this point is his nickname, Danny Dimes. Uh, And then until he starts dropping those dimes, he's going to be sitting on my bench or probably not even rostered. But, I mean, a new quarterback is going to have to take over and and light up the league. So could it be Daniel Jones? Who knows? I mean, the the, the upside is always there. He did look good in preseason, so there's always a slight chance. Uh, What's the update on Shepard? Is is he playing or is is he still out? Uh, From what I saw, he's projected to play. He was... He was out because of a concussion, and uh, I don't. From what I know, he doesn't have a history of them, so it should be just a one-week absence. He still has a clear protocol, but um, it, he should be back. I, I, from what I know, he's expected to be back this week. So, yeah, and we'll have to see uh, how much uh, how much work uh, uh, Danny Dimes has actually got with the with the first team. Like, we may have to look at guys like Fowler, um, who probably caught more balls in practice and, and OTAs than, than any, any, any other receiver that we'll see out there. Yeah, especially against Tampa Bay. It's a decent matchup. Although yeah. Tampa Bay didn't look bad last week, but I think that was just more so Cam Newton just looking very bad. <laughs> for sure. But you couldn't ask for really a, a better, other than Miami, uh, going to Tampa Bay for your first uh, NFL start, it definitely could be worse. So exactly. the upside is there for sure. Now, as far as Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin... Crapshoot running backs, OJ Howard, crapshoot. I mean, I don't. Who are you starting? Who are you sitting? Um, Jameis Winston at home, not like at home has really been a big difference for Winston, but uh, <laughs> but overall against the Giants, it's a pretty good matchup for him. I th- I think this is going to be the week where Mike Evans gets back on track. Um, hoping at least for my sake and my team's, but um, me too, me too. Chris Godwin. I think he's got to be every week starter for you, obviously. Um, Peyton Barber, for me, the Tampa Bay and Bruce Arians is truly going with the hot hand week to week, right? I mean, the first week we saw Ronald Jones get a good amount of work. He had like 70 yards or whatever. Last week, Peyton Barber had 20 plus carries. So it it truly looks like a hot hand. You cannot even guess who's going to be the hot hand going into the week. So... Uh, I don't trust any of these running backs in my starting lineup. Yeah, me either. Like you said, it's just going to be a hot hand. It's probably going to be like that for the rest of the season, uh, unless somehow they make a trade and pick somebody else up. But, um, yeah, Godwin, definitely a weekly starter. O.J. Howard, I don't know what's going on there. uh, Arians actually called him out saying that he needs to play better. So hopefully that lets a little fire under him because i got a a ton of O.J. Howard shares. So he, he needs to get going for me. Yeah, I mean, as far as starting O.J. Howard, I mean, I think this is uh, after a dud last week. And Big zero. <laughs> fat zero. I think that's uh, 
If you're an O.J. Howard owner and you started him last week, you're probably just benching him this week if you have another option. If you're trying to find someone off waivers to put in over Howard, I still might just start Howard unless, like, obviously it's a uh, a good waiver option, like a Darren Waller or something like that. But um, yeah. most likely Howard, if he's not your best option on your team already, then start the other guy. If he is your best option, you just got to roll with it. Hope he gets more involved. Um, he, he is seeing a good amount of snaps. It's really just going to boil down to if Jameis Winston is going to have one of his 300-yard uh, games where he only turns the ball over like two or three times as opposed to like six. So, Yeah, that's what I'm banking on this week with uh, for OJ and Mike Evans. Big bounce back these guys. I'm definitely going to start them both. Actually, I, uh, I had OJ uh, in the experts league against uh, Fantasy Gridiron this week. Um, uh, so he, but I still managed to pull out the win. I picked up uh, Patriots defense off the wire, so there you they, go. <laughs> uh, they, they carried me to victory. That's like eight Joe. That's like eight OJ Howards, <laughs> despite my uh, zero from Howard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that'll do it for the Giants and Buccaneers. Moving on to the Panthers and Cardinals. Um, recent news suggests that Cam Newton might not play. Um, I think f- that yeah. he re-aggravated his foot injury, and I think. The best thing for them, they're 0-2, right? You can't afford to lose again, but you might just, do you go into, and the thing is for the football team, right? Do you go into the week with Cam saying, okay, we're going to prepare as if Cam's the starter, and then he gets hurt. And we saw like what happened with Luke Falk, where it's like, we don't have a game plan for him. You know, you spend the whole week focusing on Cam being the starter, so yep. I think what you do is you let Cam, you're 0-2, but overall, if he injures his foot again, then where are you? So in my opinion, you rest Cam for the week. You fire up Will Greer. Uh, is that the backup? Is it Kyle Allen or Will Greer? Or do they have both? I think it might be Greer, but I don't know for sure, to be honest. I do, I do like Greer. This would be his first NFL start. Uh, first time in the field. Um, they might lean Kyle Allen if they have both. I'm pretty sure on top of my head they have both. Either way, no indication on if Cam is playing or not. Against the Cardinals, whoever the quarterback is, it's a good matchup. That secondary for the Cardinals is banged up. Um, whether Cam starts or not is really going to impact guys like DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, maybe even Greg Olson. The Cardinals have been destroyed by the tight end over the last two weeks. So uh, definitely some opportunity for a guy like Olsen to have another big game, which is also very surprising. <laughs> so Yeah, I know. All these little veterans just, just staying around and putting up fantasy points and uh, just making a case to be in our roster. It's crazy. And then, uh, obviously, I think we can both agree, bounce back wake for CMC, who yet again oh, played yeah. 100% of the snaps. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, I could see the, the Panthers sitting camp this week if his foot really is that bad. It, this is, if, if they're going to sit up, this is the game to do it. Arizona looks like a disaster. Uh, well, what, what are your thoughts on Murray? I mean, he's scoring well, but is he really... Is it due to his skill all game, or is he just, is just picking up some garbage time points? It's hard to say. What are you saying? So, for me and the Cardinals... Um, you know, it's this is a typical like development phase for the quarterback, but it's really just air raid itself just kind of makes him look better than he is because he does he had back to back three hundred yard games, so um, 
you know, matchup-wise, I think at this point, uh, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, if not maybe even just Larry, are just kind of week-to-week starters at this point until proven otherwise, just because of how many plays they run and uh, the game plan itself. So those guys seem to be week-to-week starters. I'm not going to sit Larry in my one league. I'm not going to sit Kirk in my other league. Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, it it really just revolves around the game plan. And the good thing about Murray is he's going to get better and better as the year goes on. So even if he looks like he's struggling a little bit now, uh, there's time over the course of the whole entire season to improve. And that's a lot of times what we see with rookie quarterbacks. Like they struggle in the beginning. At the end of last year, Sam Darnold had a good game. Josh Allen had a couple good games he piled together. So I think we'll see Murray improve, which overall can boost the value of guys like Larry and Kirk even more. So Air Raid is in full effect. Uh, David Johnson, bounce back game for David Johnson and CMC, in my opinion. They're lining up David Johnson as a receiver a lot. He banged banged up his wrist a little bit last week, which took away some opportunity, but... He's fine, and uh, yeah, I mean, is there anything you want to add in the Cardinals? Yeah, I think the uh, the fantasy community uh, took a huge sigh of relief when uh, we heard that DJ was back on the field there. Everybody assumed the worst. Uh, not really too much that. You, you pretty much broke it down pretty good. Uh, yeah, Murray Murray looks pretty good. I mean, I'm not totally sold on him just yet, but I mean, fantasy-wise, he, he's putting up points, so that's, that's all you can ask for, especially out of a rookie quarterback. And especially because of the guys he's supporting. I mean... It's great to see Larry. I think he's like a top five wide receiver right now. So, <clears throat> I wonder if there's uh, there's any analysts or, or stat guys out there that could break down or, or put together a, an all-veteran team and see kind of what kind of uh, <laughs> fantasy points they'd be putting up now with, with Larry Fitzgerald, Greg Jason Olsen, Witten. these guys. Oh, like, yeah, Witten, uh, Frank, or Running Wild. Like it's, it's Tom Brady. It's so relevant. Oof. Wow. So, yeah, that's something right now, right? But uh, another quarterback making his first official start, Mason Rudolph, going into San Francisco to face the 49ers. Now, the 49ers defense has been pretty good over the last two weeks. Uh, the matchups have been better than you know expected. But overall, I mean, I think the 49ers defense is definitely look, worth a look this week in Rudolph's first start. But for the Steelers themselves, James Washington possibly on the come up playing with his quarterback he played with in college which is Rudolph they both went to the same college now they're both in the same team maybe we'll see I uh, did Moncrief fumble last game or was there something with Moncrief where he was taken off a field Moncrief was just being Moncrief he was uh, not playing well at all definitely a good spot for Washington to step up I, I definitely had a note on here to make about uh, Rudolph and Washington being uh uh, college teammates there. I, was, I actually had Washington as a, a kind of a deep sleeper heading into the season with Big Ben, so uh, the fact that he's got his college QB throwing to him now, too, definitely boosts his value a little bit for me. Uh, San Fran, like you said, their defense is actually low-key playing pretty good. I'd say their run defense is a little bit better than their pass defense, so if Rudolph could have a good matchup this week, I mean, he, he could explode for some decent yards, but uh, um, I tend, again, to always bank against rookies, so I won't be playing any Rudolph this year, or this, this team for sure, and uh, in DFS, I will definitely be uh, lining up some San Fran defense. Always a good idea to play defenses against rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, and I mean, another thing for <clears throat> the Steelers, a lot of people seem to be fixated on the fact that Vance McDonald had two touchdowns last week. Um, Juju was finally getting some targets, and like he, he was looking a little better once Mason Rudolph came on the field. 
I was never a fan of Big Ben going into the season, but does Mason Rudolph hinder anyone or hurt anyone specifically or help? Or I mean, we talked about James Washington, but do you think he really has a thing for Vance McDonald, or do you think they're just friends? Uh, I think it was just just a good just good spots for for Rudolph uh, and, and Vance McDonald. There, I don't see that being a weekly connection. Juju, I think, should be fine because he, he tends to play a lot of a lot of his uh, reps in the slot and. As young QBs, they, they tend to try to avoid going outside and try to throw a board to the middle of the field. So, could be a slight boost for those guys, but um, I'm, I'm not really too confident in Vance keeping up this uh, the pace that he's on. But he's still a, a viable option. One of those guys that you know he's probably drafted him super late. So if you get eight points out of him every week, then be happy with that. If he gets more, then it's a bonus. And like what we were talking about with the 49ers run defense, it has looked a lot better. Um, James Conner temper expectations i mean you're probably starting him no matter what but just yeah. it has it hasn't really been too pretty for connor already this season he's coming off another injury right now so um i i if you have another like i always say if you have another really good option start him over connor if you don't throw him in hope he gets the work so that's just kind of how it goes yeah it, it's connor's one of those guys it's like you, you pretty much have to start him every week um Unless it's Chicago or Baltimore, I'm, I'm pretty much running those guys every week, no matter who they're playing. Um, but I will say, I mean, with with, with Rudolph uh, taking over now, Big Ben being out for the year, they may have to lean on Connor quite a bit more. So his, his durability is going to have to uh, see if it can stand up. So if Samuels is available out there in the wild, that's definitely a guy you want to pick up. He could be a viable play later on in the year if, if Connor goes down. Now as a deeper option as well because I, th- I think Snell had like one run for 24 yards the second James Conner was out of the game last week. So uh, Snell probably is going to be a guy who's going to see work towards the end of the year. I- I'm sure there's going to be a point where Snell will be a top waiver option. Don't know when, but, you know, it's like you you always foresee these situations coming out. It's just like, oh, I can see him being a waiver guy. But uh, I mean, Yeah, exactly. Going into the 49ers, Jimmy G coming off a good game. 49ers running backs coming off a good game. Debo Samuel looking up, looking like the wide receiver one. George Kittle looking for a bounce back game. Um, I think this is going to be a closer game than it was last week against the Bengals, so we could see a little more passing. Uh, Breda, I think, is... <clears throat> the Steelers' run defense has actually looked pretty good, but uh, Breda is still worth a start. Um, Mostert, you know, I don't think I'm really starting Mostert. He had a big game last week, but that was due in part because they were ahead by so much. Uh, Jeff Wilson had both the goal line touches. He had two touchdowns first week off of the practice squad or whatever it was. So, uh, yeah, like you can't predict that. Like it's it's crazy. I mean, I, I did call the Mostert. I, I did say he was a must start, but um, I definitely got lucky there. But this week, yeah, like you said, I can't see unless the game is is getting out of hand, and I, I can't see. Will or most start getting too much work. Breida definitely seems like a safe play. I get the question all the time about uh, these San Fran receivers and, and who's the guy. We all thought it was going to be Pettis going into the season, but it looks like he's in the doghouse. Uh, so uh, is it Debo, Debo Samuel going to be the, the guy who's going to step up this year for the, for the Niners? It looks like it. I mean, he's a talented wide receiver. Um, this this was a very good wide receiver class, and we're seeing this with some of the guys like Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, and others. But um, he looks to be the number one option there. It's still a little too early to tell. Marquise Goodwin had a long touchdown, so 
I mean, am I starting any of these 49ers wide receivers? Probably not. Am I starting George Kittle? Yeah. I mean, in a closer game, I think George Kittle will still give you a 10, 15 point floor in PPR. So uh, not too worried about Kittle. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree there. And that's, it's actually pretty funny that no one was really on Goodwin going into this year, whereas last year everybody uh, had him on, on their short end uh, sleeper list. Yeah, I actually, uh, Goodwin was my first sleeper of the offseason. <laughs> I kind of rescinded, I didn't rescind it, but I, I regretted it a little bit just because of all the hype Dante Pettis was getting and then I drafted Debo Samuel. But uh, overall, I mean, Goodwin's the one who had chemistry with Jimmy the year before he went down. So, yep. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this wide receiver situation shakes out. It, it I'm not either way, I mean, all those options it, it's definitely frustrating from a fantasy point of view but again back to the football point of view I mean if you're a Jimmy G sitting back there with four receivers you can throw two three running backs and a tight end uh, I, I like those odds for sure and I mean uh, do you see Jimmy G as a streaming option this week <laughs> I don't know is it, have we uh, learned is, is Patrick going to play this week for, uh, for Pittsburgh yeah he's going to play yeah that, that could be tough uh, I mean, I, I think the passing yards will be there. Will the touchdowns be there? That's what I'm kind of concerned about. Yeah, I, I think we need to see a little more from Jimmy G, too, because he had a good game last yeah. week. He had a bad game the first week. He needs to see a little more yeah. consistency. He's coming off the injury. Might take him a little bit, but I, I think he'll get there. Yeah. <clears throat> now we have another quarterback starting <laughs> for the first time. So many first-time starters this week, so it's not a bad idea Crazy. if you're in a really desperate spot. Spot, just grab the defense going against them because they're bound to make mistakes early on. But um, Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints going into the 12th man, <laughs> going into Seattle. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously a very intimidating first start. The defense itself for the Seahawks isn't too crazy. I mean, they got Jadavion Clowney, but overall, I don't, I don't know what to expect from Teddy in this offense. We, just like we were talking about with Daniel Jones, we don't know his tendencies. We don't know who he's going to look for. They could lean more on Kamara, especially if they get down. They're going to use him more in the passing game. Michael Thomas still seemed to be okay last week when Teddy Bridgewater came in after Drew Brees went down. I, I don't know what to make to make of this. I, yeah. I, think I, I have Teddy as a pickup and hold, but uh, I, don't, I don't know if I want to start him. or I, I mean, obviously you're starting Michael Thomas either way. You're starting Alvin Kamara every way, but I think that's just about it with this offense right now. Jared Cook isn't really someone I can trust. And... Yeah, no, I agreed. It's, it's, it's tough. I mean, Bridgewater, I mean, he'll have a full week in practicing with the first team, so I expect him to play a little bit better. Um, Seattle's uh, defense isn't the, the old Seattle defense that we all uh, got used to the last few years, so, I mean, it's not that bad of a matchup. They are still pretty stingy. they got a good coaching staff. They'll, they'll be running a lot of schemes to try to uh, throw Teddy off his game so we'll have to see but yeah Kamara this may even help him they may have to give him actually four touches now so uh, definitely love Kamara still and what about the Seahawks I mean at home Russell Wilson DK Metcalf coming on lately uh, Tyler Lockett finally saw more than five targets in a game last week <laughs> Will Disley coming about uh, more so just the passing situation for them where they needed to catch up and throw the ball more rather than just running it every single play. And it also didn't help that Chris Carson fumbled. So um, who are, let's let's do this. Who are you sitting from the Seahawks? 
Who am I sitting? Yeah. Who are you not starting? The only, the only one I'm probably not playing. I, I, I'm probably not playing DK Metcalf this week. Okay. Matchup against Lattimore? Yeah. I, 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 I don't really trust him too much. He, he definitely has a nose for the end zone, but I want to see more volume come his way. Um, I only thought if, if that deep ball down the sideline isn't there, how much is he really scoring? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he floats around 10. He could flirt with 10 points, but if he doesn't get that touchdown, like you said, um, Tyler Lockett still putting in. Will Disley maybe a desperate option? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely the, the tight end to grab off waivers uh, for sure this week. Uh, other than Chris Herndon, if you're hurting at tight end, I've, I've had Herndon on my waiver wire list. Uh, every every week so far this year. Uh, when's he back? Week five? Uh, technically week six because they have a bye. They got the bye, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he, especially for those uh, owners who, who are thin out at tight end right now. Hearn is a guy you want to stash. Uh, but this week could be a good option to speak. I mean, last year he had a couple games with, with multiple TDs, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it was right before he got injured. And, and now with, I mean, Seattle's super thin at wide receiver. Um, outside of Lockett and Metcalf, um, I don't think Jennings has seen more than five balls in two games. And Moore, I don't think he, he, he got zero targets last game. For, for, I thought Mo- I that. Moore is uh, still coming off injury. Oh, uh, okay, okay. But, um, yeah, so, so Disley could be a, a deep sleeper play this week. And, I mean, as far as running backs go, are you... Now, long-term-wise, Chris Carson has fumbled three times in two games. Penny looked good last week. But the fact of the matter is, still starting Penny. I mean, still starting Carson, still sitting Penny until proven otherwise. So, um, yeah, I think that's just kind of how it is. We have to hope, if you're a Carson owner, you have to hope he doesn't fumble again. Because four times in three weeks is a problem. And he might just get some of the sideline or just lose some work to Penny in that case. But uh, overall, Penny did look good on his limited workload last week. If you are a Carson owner, um, obviously it's not going to be easy to buy low on Penny right now, but if Carson has a big game and Penny doesn't, I'm totally on board with buying low on Penny. I've never been a true believer in Carson. He seems like one of those guys who just can't really hold up. He gets injured every year. His running style just yells for him to get hurt. I mean, he puts everything in every time he runs and it happens. He just gets injured a lot. So if you have Carson, I would definitely look to try to acquire Penny in one way or another uh, long term. So Yeah, man. No, I totally agree with you. I think somehow you got a copy of my notes because you pretty much just said word <laughs> for word what I have written down here. <laughs> I, have a, I have a ton of Penny shares. Uh, I have a stash on most of my teams on the bench there. Just because, like you said, Carson, just, his running style just sets himself up to get hurt. So it's only a matter of time. And, and they drafted Penny to be that guy, so they, they definitely want to get him the work. So I think Carson's probably on a shorter release than most people think, especially with all these fumbles. So um, I, I have a feeling that Penny could be very, very huge come around fantasy football playoff time. Yeah, and another thing, too, if Carson does get hurt, they're very thin on running back. This is not going to be a committee. This is going to be a full Rashad Penny running back one show. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and he can handle the, the three-down uh, workload as well. Exactly. So if you don't have Penny, buy low if you can, if he has another bad week. Because uh, I'll tell you what, if, if Carson doesn't get hurt, I'll be surprised. I mean, just his running style, if you watch him play, it's like so many times where he could avoid contact and just not take that extra hit, but he does. He welcomes contact. He just wants to fight for every yard, which is good for football-wise, right? It's good for the team, oh, but yeah. it's not good yeah, for the he, player and their player's he, health. 
he's a violent runner. Like he, like you said, he, he doesn't shy away from contact. He doesn't step out of bounds. He puts his head down and, and fights for the extra yard, which which is great. But it's just it's hard to maintain that over a full season with these three hundred pound guys diving at you and these. Especially when you're off the backers crashing into you all, all, all games, so it, it's tough to, to stay healthy when you run like that. Especially when your offensive coordinator is like, "Hey, run it 25 times." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, uh, moving on now, we got three games left. We're at about an hour and 23 minutes, so uh, we'll see if we can get this going a little faster. We got the Houston Texans going into LA t- against the Chargers. Uh, Texans wise, I feel like this one's pretty straightforward. Watson starting, Hopkins starting, um, Carlos Hyde. I mean, he had 20 carries last week. Uh, it's looking like he's the guy in that backfield over Duke Johnson, which is kind of surprising given Hyde's recent uh, track record over the last year where he's been bouncing around teams and not really performing all that well. But um, can you can you trust Duke or Hyde? I don't know. I mean, Hines another guy we can add to that all-veteran team that probably would be leading in most fantasy football leagues right now. But I think it's going to be more of a hot hand uh, with that situation as well. Whoever whoever gets going early, it looks like they're going to ride. Kind of like both of them. Carlos Hyde's probably available on the wire right now, so he's definitely a guy you want to stash because if something ever happened to Duke, then I mean, you could be expecting at minimum Lamar Miller uh, numbers out of Carlos Hyde. I would think. And and Hyde even looks more efficient. Than Miller, because Miller's yeah. that guy who's going to carry the ball for 15 times and will have 60 yards. Yeah, well, it, it's kind of tough with Duke, right? He's never really been that um, uh-huh. set running, running back, right? He's more of a guy that you, he'll spell the starter or definitely be in on the passing downs, which he's great at for sure. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen more receptions out of him. But uh, from the stats that I read, he, he's definitely seen more targets out of the backfield than than a normal Houston running back would. So that's definitely some promise there. But uh, I still need to see more before I feel totally comfortable starting Duke every week. And about Will I like, Fuller? I like Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I, like, I like Duke. I'll, I'm not going to drop him or I'll still have him on, on most of my roster for sure. What I was going to add about uh, Will Fuller, he's been kind of quiet this season. Um, nothing about this matchup really you know, gravitates me towards it or away from it. Um, it, it could be a high-scoring game against the Chargers, so if you want to throw them in your flex for upside and you don't really have too many other options, I'm not, you know, I'm okay with it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, on, on the flip side with the Chargers, uh, Houston, they got a good, they, again, they have a good front seven. Eight. Their, their secondary is definitely exploitable, so I think uh, it could be a, a pretty big game for maybe some Keenan Allen. Uh, I haven't really seen any updates on Mike Williams. I know he had a couple deep balls last week, but definitely didn't see his normal volume. So we'll have to see how uh, how healthy he is. But um, this could be a high-scoring game, low-key. Yeah, and uh, honestly, for me, if Mike Williams is healthy, he's someone I'm definitely considering for DFS. If he's for full sure. go for, for this sure. week, I mean, I think he'd be great value. Um, guys like Austin Eckler, who's just been yep. killing it. You know, you're not sitting Austin Eckler right now. Justin Jackson, you're not probably not starting right now. Um, and Philip Rivers at home against the char- against the Texans. Like we said, it could be a big game. I, I'm not against starting Philip Rivers. So uh, the final game. This is the sun. Not the final game. Second to last game. Forgot about the Monday night game. But the Sunday night football game. The Browns hosting the Rams. Um, before the season started, this probably would have looked like a great matchup, but... Um, <laughs> I was going to say that. 
Yeah. <laughs> I swear, I don't have a copy of your notes, but... <laughs> For the Rams, Todd Gurley, last week, finally saw the end zone. But I don't know. It just it doesn't look like Todd Gurley. It looks like a good running back. It just doesn't look like Todd Gurley. Does that make sense? Like... Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying. He, I mean, it definitely was promising last week. He, he did see a full Todd Gurley workload. Um, after week one, I mean, everybody who drafted Gurley was probably shitting their pants, worried that he was only going to see a handful of games. Even though he ended up scoring well, he didn't really see that many touches, so it was definitely concerning. But I was definitely pretty happy to see the amount of touches he got last game. But uh, it was a tough match as well, right? The Saints have a, a pretty strong front seven. So I'm, I'm going to give Gurley another week. Uh, yeah, and I mean, as far as, far as wide receivers, they're starting all of them. All three, all day. You just got to, you know, Robert Woods got the short end of the stick last week. Brandon Cooks got the short end of the stick the first week. Cooper Cup seems to be the consistent option. And he looked great on that one catch and run. So, uh, uh, off that ACL, good for Cooper Cup. He seems to be the lead in that wide receiver core. But, um... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, another guy, Cooper Cup, coming off a big injury. I wasn't expecting him to be like this healthy this quick. Him and Emmanuel Sanders are definitely uh, shocking me at this point, but uh, I'd love to see it. Now, moving on to the Browns. From what we saw yesterday night, like I said, we're recording on Tuesday, um, Baker just not looking accurate. I mean, he no. had that one play with Beckham that kind of saved him for the night, but just overall, it just doesn't look good uh he's holding on to the ball too long i don't know I don't, I don't know what to feel about baker i don't like this matchup even at home uh the rams are gonna swallow him up and not a great matchup for nick chubb either you're still starting him but just no it's not a great matchup <laughs> Um, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. It's another one of those situations where it's a tough matchup, but you have to roll with those guys. I mean, the Rams' defense is arguably what I would say at least top three at worst for sure, right? I mean, you got Marcus Peters, uh, Keep Talib, and Eric Whittle at the secondary. It's going to be tough for, for Odell to break free, but we, as you seen last night, all it takes is one play, one little opening, and, and he's just that explosive that he can take off. So he's a guy that you got to start regardless, but yeah, I'm not feeling this matchup either. Landry didn't really see the targets last week. And maybe if you're desperate PPR, you consider him. But if Landry's not the wide receiver one of his own team, he's not really on my radar. I mean, yeah. that's really the only thing that's been good for him over the years is the fact that he's been the best wide receiver on that team over the years. And he's seen that heavy targets. And he's just not. So he's just not someone I'm really interested in. Exactly. The way, the way he plays, he just needs to see a ton of targets in order to score well. And with, with Nick Chubb there, and you got Odell, um, and then soon to be Kareem Hunt when he comes back, it, it's it's not a good spot for Landry. Like you said, he needs to be the main guy and, and see all that volume to, to score well. But, I mean, that being said, this could be the week where uh, he may see the most targets with, with, the, uh, with the corners that the Rams have. Yeah, you know, it's possible, especially in the slot, so... We'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see um, the update on Njoku. From what I saw, he's expected to play. Um, concussion, wasn't it? I, I think it was a concussion slash neck shoulder injury. Uh, he kind of just landed awkwardly, and they checked him out, took him out of the rest of the game. So we'll have yeah. to wait for an update on that. But we got one more game. David Montgomery and the Chicago Bears going into Washington. Now... For the Bears, 
David Montgomery in the first week had the least amount of snaps between all the running backs. Last week, he had the most snaps out of all the running back, and he saw a good amount of work. So um, I think I can finally feel confident starting him, you know. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a tough thing because I, I don't know if you remember, but Nagy was saying uh, last week going into the game, he was saying to, to fantasy owners to not expect uh, – Monty to, to go crazy just yet, and then sure enough, he, he gives them all the all the work. So you're gonna have to watch to see what kind of coach speak or coach talk comes out heading into the game, and then basically do the opposite. <laughs> just do the opposite of whatever Nagy says. Yeah, exactly. No, but he, he looks good. I, I mean, David Montgomery was drafted sometimes in the third round, usually four or five. Um, and when you draft the guy in, in, in those rounds, like you have to play them. I mean, it's why you draft them if you're not gonna be feel confident playing against Washington as well who typically has a pretty good defense but so far they're they're, they're, they're slacking so this is a good game for for Monty to get going if, if he is anyway are you starting any other bear uh, I, I would I think Cohen's always in, in, in consideration and I know a Rob had a dud last week but uh, I'm willing to roll with him again yeah, I mean, this this is not a bad matchup for Allen Robinson. It seemed like when Mitch Trubisky wanted to throw the ball, he constantly did look for Robinson, and Robinson does look a lot better. Um, it, it's just more so of, like, I just can't trust Trubisky. I mean, this guy's three years in, I, I, he I still looks you. awful. I, I, I don't know, but um, nothing about the Redskins' defense really scares you. Um, if you're desperate for someone, you can throw in Allen Robinson. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. I I might stray away from starting him on, if I have other options. If he's a wide receiver, yeah. too, you don't really have too much of an option. But if you have an option, <laughs> take the other option. Um, Anthony Miller just not getting enough snaps right now. He's still being worked back in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of Cohen too much. Just because we saw Patterson kind of also playing that gadget role takes away from him. Uh, I think Montgomery is going to get a little more involved in the past game. And if it's a positive game script over the Redskins, then Cohen may not see that volume. Because he saw volume week one when Trubisky was throwing the ball a ton. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what it's going to boil down to. I think I, I'd like to see a, a big blowout game by the Bears just so we can see kind of yep. who's going to play and see what, what kind of targets they're going to get. That'll definitely make our job easier when you start the sets. Now, as far as Adrian what, Peterson... What about uh, Washington? You play, you play in anybody? Uh, what about... Uh, we, we can add AP to that all-veteran team. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he had a uh, touchdown last boy, week. Scary Terry McLaurin looks great. He looks like the real deal. What do you think? I like Terry. I don't like Terry this week because it's the Bears, and that's just plain yeah, and simple. Exactly. Case Keenum's going to be under pressure. If you consider starting anyone, maybe Chris Thompson... Uh, maybe Traquan Smith on a bright day, but it's just, I mean, nobody was really a fan of any of these wide receivers or anyone going into the season. A lot of these wide receivers weren't even being drafted. Um, Yeah, I I don't know if any Washington receiver was being consistently drafted. I would say probably not. Maybe uh, Trey Quinn in a dynasty, I could see maybe, but (laughs) other than that, I I think most people were steering clear of of Washington. Other than Geisen, I guess, uh, Jordan Reed, probably the only two guys that were being consistently drafted and uh jordan reed i maybe he comes back this week maybe he doesn't i don't know i mean this is like what his like fourth seventh ninth hundredth concussion we don't even know what he's on right now he probably doesn't even know anymore but, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
definitely uh, can't count how many he's had. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, is Vernon Davis maybe in play then? Another uh, another All Star veteran player. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I just don't want to. I, I don't feel good about putting any Washington player in my lineup. But I will say this: if Scary Terry has a good game against the Bears, then I don't know. I think you just gotta have to consider him a wide receiver too for the rest of the season because this is going to be his hardest matchup, right? And let's say Case Keenum gets hurt or Case Keenum is benched. Then you have Dwayne Haskins, his college quarterback, coming in from Ohio State. They both played together. He was his number one receiver there. He's going to be his number one receiver here. Obviously, there could be a little bit of a learning curve. But long term, it's looking good for Terry. And if he does have a big game at home against the Bears, then his value is going to go way up because uh, that's insane. You know, it's with rookie wide receivers, he's breaking that mold right now. So um, this will be a huge tell, and it's going to be a really important game to watch on Monday night. But that kind of does it for this week, our weekly matchups. It's been uh, an hour, almost 40 minutes. So I want to say thank you so much to Brian. Uh for joining me for this for this long time it was fun you know it, it's good to go through all the matchups we get to talk about just about every single player and that's not something i can type out in a post on instagram so that's why i like doing the podcast uh, i want to apologize again that it was a little while since my last podcast uh we're gonna keep it consistent we're gonna get this weekly matchup every single week we'll try to we'll try to trim down the time next week but uh if you guys aren't already following brian on instagram it's a uh, fantasy football matchmaker right it used to be tfc matchmaker now we changing it yeah yeah not just a uh, fantasy football matchmaker. but yeah yo thanks for having me on it was fun it was uh, definitely a, a deep dive into this week it definitely went a little bit longer than we expected and i might have been a, a little bit rusty on the, on the mic so yeah guys will have to apologize for that but we'll uh, we'll get better throughout the year and like you said we'll, we'll try to trim down the time and we'll uh, we'll bring you all the the matchups and what we see and, and uh, the best plays that we find Yep, and I just want to end it off saying if you guys are going to any sporting event or anything, if you guys are going to go to a football game, uh, I do have a CK code like everybody else. So if you guys want to use it, it's FF Analyst. That's it. Just put it in. You get $20 off your first purchase. So, uh, yeah, I think that just about does it. We'll see you next week. See how our starts and sits go. Um, thanks again to Brian. If you guys aren't following him, make sure you are. Uh, Fantasy Football Matchmaker on Instagram. And we'll see you next time.